Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the TXR Podcast, episode number 130, to be precise. I'm your host, Invader, and I'm gearing right to kickstart the show. But first, let me hear from the panel members and see how everyone's been doing. Megatron, bud, I know you got a bit of a cough. I hope you're doing well, bud. How's things at your end? Things are uh, so far so good on my end. Um, just been catching up with some gaming and uh, that's it. just trying to uh, live a little. Shall mm-hmm. say. Definitely. So being now, cool up in the house and stuff. Did you get a chance? I know you're downloading Deliver Us to the Moon, I think it was yesterday. Did you get a chance to play that? I did not. Um, as far as I got, it was downloaded. I ended up. <laughs> Downer. That was all you, bro. What was that? <laughs> Whatever science experiment he's working on came right through the mic. But uh, you know what I played? I ended up playing. Uh, I was heavy into Destiny and then hooked up with uh, K Mega and Don and been playing um, Halo Reach on Legendary. Trying to, f- we're at the end. So I just before we even started the show, um, I jumped off that within like two minutes of us getting on and. We're at the last stage, so but that was a ton of fun, you know. Halo, you know, we were talking about Halo last week, and um, it's such a just a wonderful universe, man. I I just I love it, man. I said it was a good time, definitely. So, <clears throat> looking forward to the next iteration. All right, all right, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, you gotta love the co-op action there. Uh, Centurion pal, I see you picked up XCOM too a few days ago. Have you got a chance to fire that up? No, um, I just finished downloading it to my console. Uh, I had to rotate the. T- it comes with two discs. I had to rotate mm-hmm. those things out like twice. I thought it was so funny, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, definitely, there's a lot of content there, like you guys said, and I'm really probably going to end up just disappearing into this game. And there goes my uh, tackling of the backlog. Yeah, like I'm only well, I'm a few hours into it myself, but I have the exact same collection that you do. Oh, there's a crap load of content there. And just the amount of customization you can do, it's uh, really personal. So you get attached to your soldiers. You get attached to them. Oh, man. I'll be hitting you guys up in the DM, letting you know that I just lost one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. You know, when you uh, lose Downer, you know, the Downer character that you're going to create, definitely let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, but what would Downer be? Would he be like a defender, an attacker? Uh, I he'd be the uh, sniper doing all the shit talking from the roof. <laughs> okay, that's actually pretty <laughs> funny. That's good right there. All right, all right, very good, Is man. Down, uh, even there, down. Are you there? Oh, he's there. How loud do you have that turned up to get that even through? I couldn't stop laughing at fucking clip. I was crying. (laughs) The cat's face. Wow. Yep. I love it. That's pretty much my face, my reaction to it, too. The vocal cords on that fella. Ooh. He's biting the hell out of him, though. Like, I would have, that cat would have been tossed, man. (laughs) Ah, cats do nothing. What are you talking about? (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's the claws that I'm worried about, but uh, sharp teeth. 
Speaking of Jeremy, though, Jeremy, I know you've received a few goodies uh, the past uh, week. How is the uh, Cyberpunk controller looking in person? It's a beautiful controller. It looks really worn. Oh, shit, I just dropped my coffee. Son of a bitch! All right. Uh, <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, it looks uh, fucking Go to commercial, oh, go to commercial. God. So, um... I lost my train of thought. Coffee fucking everywhere. Anyway, about, um, uh, it has a nice little inscription that says um, no future on it. Pretty cool. It looks worn as hell. Uh, then you just flip it over on the back, and it has that little ninja symbol on the back. Again, I think it's one of my favorite um, collector's edition controllers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it does look pretty sharp. At first, I wasn't really like... I wasn't too interested in it, but now that I've been seeing people opening it up and getting some more personal sh- shots of it, I-, I think it looks pretty sharp, especially with the all the little details on it, like the the samurai. The, yeah, it has a samurai thing on the back, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Overall, What's as far what? as I give it probably a B plus for uh, just overall design. Very cool. What's up with Pope though? Xbox Pope, any you got you guys all follow him or no? Is he Got a deal going on now. He's been tweeting heavy on designs for that. I don't know if uh that's his thing. That's that's what he does. Yeah, he's a designer, like so okay. in his in his free time he makes up like all these different uh you know th- community yeah, members. Yeah, he's done a console, he's done a console and a controller for me, but I'm just thinking as of like recently in something like no, he's he's, he's done a couple of uh limited rounds of uh mm-hmm. things from Microsoft, absolutely, but I've heard rumors he's actually doing a Series X. At least I've heard rumors. Oh. Mm. Yeah, he's. Bad. I mean, he's done a few things. He he does good work. Mm-hmm. No, he absolutely does. He's uh, you know, makes quality uh, graphic designs and really just a very personal guy. Very very yeah. cool to chat with. So great community member. But uh, all right, gonna move along. Uh, Shock buddy, how you been? I know you've been playing. You've been putting a lot of time into Final Fantasy VII, haven't you? Yeah, I'm on uh, chapter seventeen. I think that's either at the last or Whoa. I think there's one more. So Whoa. I've been trying to trying to get through that. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. That's the remaster though. You're playing right. You're playing the remaster. Or are you playing the original? Yeah. Um, I was I was playing the original on the Switch uh, briefly mm-hmm. before this came out, at least so you got past where the remake goes to. Midgard. Yeah, Midgard. Um, but yeah, I played a little bit, a little bit of that. But yeah, I'm almost finished with the remake. Um, and, and then I turned on my uh, Saturn just to make sure it was like because I was talking to Downer about this uh, game, the one I have on my icon. Uh, but I was like, oh crap, did I did I back up that save because it. Those battery saves, it's all flash memory on the Sega Saturn. So if you took mm-hmm. out the if the battery dies, all your memory goes away. So it's like yeah, wait, you know what? I learned that the last time I played it. I, I learned that the hard way, uh, especially later on when I purchased a Saturn. Um, you know, it's just a later uh, later date, and I lost everything I had on that thing, and it just it was horrible. And I tried to switch it, and it just oh, lost everything. I was very disappointed. Yeah, that that really sucks. I feel for you. I'm sorry. No, I, so I just no, got a bad. I really up. don't. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much Final Fantasy. Yeah. yeah, and you were also were you playing uh, Final Fantasy 13 last night too? 
Um, I I downloaded it because uh, I was bored. Because uh, I was well, I was kind of in between, uh, uh, like doing some other stuff last yesterday. So I was just downloading the game, so I had them ready. So because uh, I hear the stagger some of the combat system they took from that for uh, for this remake. So figured I'd try to go back and try that. Plus, it's that one's Xbox One and Xbox One X enhanced. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's it's weird that they select that game, and there's like a very few 360 games that are even. The Xbox One X enhanced, but uh, but that one looks like a that almost like a current gen game, like at least the cutscenes. Shockley, you gonna admit to us that you like thirteen better than seven right now, or never played thirteen, <laughs> so I can't tell you that. Uh, I never uh, played seven up until like started like a couple months ago, so I never played seven because well, it looks it visually kind of looks like like garbage, but. Uh, <laughs> like back back then, that's why so I didn't play it in the mid two thousands. Because going back to thinking about playing Final Fantasy seven, like that game looks it looks terrible, <laughs> like graphically. Um, but now getting the nostalgia and knowing I'm going to be playing the remake, and then plus there's a lot of quality of life improvements on the remake. If you played on the Xbox, I think they probably have the times three speed, so you can just yeah. burn through the combat really quick. That's a long I started game. it some months back and never got a chance to finish it. I'm I'm happy that we got ten and ten two on final. We're about Fantasy to get out. We're Xbox. about to get all of them. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I never thought that that Final Fantasy ten ten two would ever People be. People are saying, well, Microsoft. It's not console. like you're gonna. It's not like you're gonna finish it, Megatron. I mean. When I have the time, I will. Damn it! Uh, mm -hmm. well, I hear, I hear people. Bro. Some it's, people think struggles real for me. I heard people saying like the remake wasn't. Does it's not a guarantee remakes coming to the Xbox? I'm like. No, it, no, no, it's definitely coming to the Xbox. There's no way they would put the original Final Fantasy VII on the Xbox to not bring the remake over. Plus, this is the most uh, casual, the most user-friendly Final Fantasy game, you know, that's the most accessible to casuals mm -hmm. ever. So it'd be the one, like, even if, like, Xbox, they're saying, like, you know, had this been uh, an exclusive to Xbox, it would have, you know, flopped. No, it would have sold multiple millions of copies just like it did with the PlayStation, not maybe as many, but it would wouldn't have flopped. It would have been just you know pretty good as well. Uh, so there's no way they're skipping. Not it's square. They they bow down to money. Period. <laughs> like Crystal, what was it? A uh, Tomb Raider? They got pissed because the original Tomb Raider they said didn't do enough when it sold Gangbusters. So for yeah. a Tomb Raider game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember, EA was very upset when Battlefield Five only sold what eight million copies. So, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. They made a statement about that. So, <laughs> but that was their own fault too. The original Tomb Raider was like one of the highest grossing games of all time. I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, which so one? Was part, PS1? Yeah. So it was part two, and part two came out. It was like uh, you know most anticipated game. Tomb Raider original. It, crap. it didn't look good at all. I mean, the original Tomb Raider. I remember playing Reach? it on my friend. Oh my god! Let me. See, I had it on my PC. It looked like ass. From my N64 to play Tomb Raider on the PC, I'm like, this game looks. I know like it was all 3D, but it was it was so kind of blocky. It was boring. It's running in a cave and it's an empty cave. Guys, we're talking about. You're gonna get me fired up now. <laughs> I'm talking about in that day. Were you one of these people that had a poster of Laura Croft on her on her on your wall? Hey, you no, know he, he had the pillowcase. 
I'm not ashamed <laughs> to say I've masturbated to Laura Croft in the past. I mean, I'm not ashamed. Uh, somebody clip that, please. He was yeah, one of those people that were trying to find the cheat code that of supposedly would make her naked in the game, weren't you? It's a 12 yeah. minutes, 10 seconds into this. You know, <laughs> you know what? Well, I'll tell you one thing for its time. Uh, absolutely, the original Tomb Raider was one of the more graphical, capable games. Um, out on the market the problem with that was nobody knew what they had so when core made the game the original game um and the idols i don't know how to pronounce it anymore but um you know there was not a lot of production value went into it so when they made part two um that's when things stepped up before yeah for its time definitely it was it was revolutionary i would say that the level design uh, bar none is some of the greatest uh, level design uh, in, in gaming history that has to offer. I remember the, uh, I don't want to talk about Tomb Raider all, all day, but the Tomb of Qualipec was probably one of my favorite levels of all time. But that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, it definitely, uh, you know, some heated arguments going there already about Tomb Raider. Uh, definitely a lot of thoughts on that. But I'd like to welcome everybody in the chat to the show. We got Rico Dennis, Stubbs Gaming. Thank you very much for joining in, brother. Uh, Midnighter. Uh, we got the Big Blue Ravens, Alex Basha. I saw Mr. Kima in here. All kinds of great people tuning in live already. Hey, Dizzy from Iron Lords. Thanks for dropping by, buddy. Up, people? <laughs> yeah, and of course, we got Starbuck United. Hey, Starbuck. Hope you're doing well. And to everybody else that's joining in, thank you very much. Uh, remember to hit like and share this out. Let everybody know what's going on, and they can tune in right here. Uh, just so everybody knows, Tim Dog may be a little late. Uh, he may or may not be here, depending on situation, but we're going to carry on. And guys, you know what? There is a bit of news that dropped, well, a few hours ago. I think we're going to get into it. Somebody in the chat alluded earlier. There's been a Last of Us 2 leak, and apparently a developer, a developer upset with uh, Naughty Dog, a little disgruntled. Uh, apparently, he leaked uh, a whole bunch of different information about the game, uh, some clips and just some general plot points from what I'm to understand, what I've been reading. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what's your take? Uh, do you think that this is a major bummer for the game releasing this summer? No, I mean, don't read them. <laughs> No, it is it is hard to avoid. I mean, you don't have to click on something or read something that says naughty dog. I'm not, I know I'm not. So um, but as far as I'm gonna respond to the disgruntled employee, you have disgruntled employees uh in every company. I don't care what company you work for, whether it's Microsoft, uh, whether it's you know, like like this, for example, uh naughty dog. Um, you know, it's, this is probably absolutely hundred percent true. So, um, as far as that goes, I mean, I, I didn't look into it too much as far as the rumors go. Cause I see naughty dog and I just skipped through it, but I think there's some, uh, some truth behind it for sure. I'm it's actual they weren't getting it's paid actual. or, and I'm hearing it's more than one, you know, as a collective, I think they were all just, uh, apparently this... way. <clears throat> go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say before, because uh, I'm hearing that it actually wasn't a developer. It was a uh, localizer in Brazil. So they have access to it because they're trying to do voiceovers like in their language. And that's kind of how it happens. It wasn't even Naughty Dog. It was somebody localizing the language in a certain region mm -hmm. that has okay. access to all the footage. Okay, cool. Because I, I know in uh, the pre-show, I told you I think it's funny if it was a dev because you know it does goes to show that you do want to be respectful to your employees but like downer said there's people that have to work crappy jobs every single day sometimes um it sucks but you got to kind of be like an honorable person and when you do something that affects your customer base to retaliate against the company then it becomes questionable to me um, purely because you do see the people on Twitter that are a little upset about the fact that things have been revealed, stuff is out there. Um, like Downer said, you could avoid it, but there is going to be those people that are going to be going out of their way to plaster it in everybody's faces, and it, it really stinks for the customer. You know, in, in this case, I don't think it was a, uh, you know, it was just someone who, did the voiceover work? He doesn't care about gamers. He doesn't care that, that, about yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, that's a that's, whole nother thing. Now so. that yeah, now that Shockley has said that, that just totally means that you know somebody was just out there trying to uh, pull a publicity stunt and pretty much get some eyes on them. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It just depends on the situation. You know, we don't know what actually transpired, or they're you know they're bad employees. They're bad bosses too. I mean, you don't know. Who's at fault for this? And then sometimes, you know, I don't know. It's one of those eye for an eye situations. I think sometimes you, you come in, you come across things where um, you have just a good reason just to say, you know, F you pay me or for whatever mm -hmm. reason it is, you know, I, you know, right now it's just rumors on, you know, how everything all started. But, you know, I don't know who's, I don't know who's to blame. It's probably somebody, but, uh, I, I can't necessarily blame the person for coming out unless I know the reason why he did it. No, he showed his face apparently. Like he, he uh -huh. doing it just to piss people off. From now, what I'm hearing, <laughs> and you already know he's receiving death threats from fans and uh, all that shit. I want to just come out and say, do you think this individual, if it was a leak from the person in Brazil, do you think this is as a result of the fact that? Um, people need more access right now because they're all working remotely. Like, would this have happened if it wasn't a remote thing? Well, when you when you get see, if you're doing um, voiceover work, is all almost always remote. So they don't actually. Some come into the studio, but most of the voiceover work is done in home or at another studio. So let's say, for example, Microsoft uh wants to hire voice talent a brazil voice talent um for like, halo now they outsource that they won't come to the actual studio and do it they'll, they'll do it from home and or another studio so you're almost giving this information away um you know willingly <laughs> and that's why i'm just like because it just seems like the, they had actually a lot 
of information like they're releasing cut scenes and everything else oh yeah, yeah. so if they're doing voiceover work for it of course they'd have the entire script see that but that's, why, but that's where i'm just kind of like i'm just still confused on the whole situation on like like because i know you're do not you gonna really fly need somebody. To do, do you really, do you really have to have the entire script though to that's what i mean you play a part to play a part i mean i'm a big so, i'm a big movie fan well i think he's localizing the entire game like the game's right. done with their american voiceover work that's probably all finished he's well, probably just taking that and localizing it in their language yeah and they what don't even that? let they don't even let him keep him let's say he's reading it from a computer screen and after he gets done with it it goes away you know for off the but he can just you know translate it according to what he's memorized or what he's where he, he already did the voice work for it so for me, it's just confusing because I'm a big movie fan. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, let's use Luke, I am your father, for example. Star Wars, mm. Empire Strikes Back. Or that, game. that page was actually deliberately missing from every available script. And the only people that were allowed to see that page on the day it was filmed were the actors involved with that scene. The crew didn't even. Mm -hmm. James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader, didn't even know this until he read that line in the booth. And he even made the comment saying he had to ask the director if, if Darth Vader was lying. Because he even wanted to know. But the thing is, they kept that on such lock and key. That's why I'm just totally shocked that like you irresponsibly allowed somebody pretty much access to the whole thing. That's I would say that's a lot different than handing somebody a video game script, but uh that's you're talking well, about acting's acting, We're talking, right? I mean acting's acting. Yeah, no, and no, you can't no. compare Star Wars to freaking uh well, this voice this, case, this you, could, you could make the correlation because we're talking Maybe. about the most drooled over franchise right now. There is people that would sell their soul to have access to this game. But we're talking about one particular piece in the movie as opposed to the whole thing where, I mean, if somebody wanted to, theoretically, well, they could have released the whole entire thing of the Star gonna, Wars. We're not going to give spoilers, but he actually, you know, they were talking about how certain characters were going to potentially die, certain mm -hmm. characters were going to have love interests and all this other stuff. I'm not going to give out spoilers right here. But I mean, like I read some of the stuff because I'm not emotionally invested into Last of Us. But there is people out there that are voicing that they're actually kind of upset that there is some key plot twists that have been leaked out. Yeah, absolutely. And this isn't the first time, like in the past couple of months, that Naughty Dog has been called out. Back in March, a former developer, a former animator, by yeah, former animator had spoken out against the company because of a certain crunch culture going on there that basically they they yeah encourage the developers to work long hours. I mean, sure, they, they do suggest to them, oh, you know, here's some food. You know, oh, yeah, take a break. But they do encourage you to work an exceptionally long time. So there is some known stuff that goes on at Naughty Dog. Um, but this, it's an unfortunate situation. I mean, games do get leaked early often, but this is, this is one that you could tell that Sony and Naughty Dog wanted to keep under wraps, you know, in secrecy. And it's, it's just a shame because this game, I believe it got postponed indefinitely because the, the dates got moved back and now it's just postponed who knows when. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I well, originally came out saying that the, that postponement was probably to like do something to the gamer stuff, and now I'm totally <clears throat> on the boat of it's just probably due to the fact that they can't get the physical games into people's hands. Yeah, Neil Druckmann said the game's finished. It's so it's more on the publisher side, but I wonder mm -hmm. if that's gonna if this is gonna pressure them to go ahead and just release it before it's just ruined for everybody in general. Like, no. like <laughs> well, we see what Xbox is doing with that uh, Cyberpunk uh, console. They're they're having to roll it out even though the game isn't out. Well, I think I don't think it really matters no, per it doesn't se. Matter if the game like releases a couple months down the road or not because they still got all kinds of pre-orders down some physical pre-orders and people regardless they're gonna have to wait to play the game anyways so now if i can ask one question real quick if you don't mind do you think this whole situation with last of us 2 is going to actually affect the way publishers and the public look at digital games everybody's always talked about i want to physically own my games i want to physically own my games and now we're seeing the shortfall of the fact that now distribution isn't there so I mean, Final well, Fantasy we, we knew like so. yeah so we knew that eventually digital would be uh you know be well, the new i knew phase. digital was eventually going to be the end all yeah. be all but i yeah. feel it was a very slow grind to get to where it's at now yeah is it going to speed like up the process i, I think like uh, just showed all these publishers that if you are too invested into the physical copies of the game it can actually affect the launch date of your of your product and that's where i think they're going to start probably pushing heavily on um people buying the game digitally giving uh, people discounts for buying the game digitally or giving them access to exclusive DLC that is specific for digital copies of the game. Like I really see them trying to incentivize digital from this point forward. So <clears throat> to answer your question, I think eventually, yeah, um, physical discs are gonna go away. But take for example, if you look like a, uh, at a country like Mexico, uh, Mexico still plays a lot of their games in physical form, you know, and so do a lot of these other countries. And some of these big releases like The Last of Us 2, um, when you get into the nitty gritty of it in terms of, um, you know, the physical disc as opposed to digital, you know, some of these countries like like Mexico, like um, like Spain, like Brazil, like Argentina, you know, some of these other places rely heavily on um physical discs you know i think it's the percentages is something like i want to say 70 30 in terms of 70 physical 70 percent physical uh 30 percent um digital now i don't have the math in front of me i don't have the statistics in front of me i looked it up a couple of years ago and this was a couple of years ago so those percentages have changed but yeah, we still have a lot of countries uh, that rely on physical disc. In the states, we're te we're a little bit more tech savvy, and some of these other um, uh, you know far richer countries and well off countries. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, you know, we buy digital and they don't. What do you mean? Just they don't have the infrastructure? Which you're, you're talking about tech savvy? Is that that what yeah. you probably meant, right? It well, yeah, I mean, they, they don't have the – they have the infrastructure, but for some reason people prefer physical 
over um over digital <laughs> it's it's you know it's just over there um it's a little bit slower process than it is in the states mm-hmm. absolutely no but yeah it's just it's uh very interesting this news obviously just popped up a couple hours ago there's been a lot of chatter on social media about it and uh people are going nuts so my best advice to everyone is if you're interested in the game uh you have a pre-ordered don't look at the leaks <laughs> definitely uh you know steer yourself away from the temptation for sure uh, from from what I've seen, you're you're good in any case, though. Uh, guys, is it all right if I move on to the next uh, story? Yep. All right, absolutely. So moving on, and we'll move on to uh, Xbox Game Talk. And it appears as if Xbox is about to lift the lid on game reveals soon, according to Phil Spencer. <clears throat> now, Phil said in a tweet, and this is uh, this is the tweet right here. Reviewed plans yesterday for continued sharing through launch. Team is doing great work and adapting. I've never been more excited about Xbox plans. We've heard you. You want transparency and authenticity. We plan to keep showing that way. Next step is not too much of a wait for games. Now, Centurion, I'm going to turn to you for this one. What kinds of games would you like to see Xbox reveal for the Xbox Series X? Because, well, everyone is looking forward to well what everybody's look, looking forward to the most is the next gen games and what do you want to see in the strong launch game well lineup man i didn't know you're gonna throw that question at me so wow it was only in the dm good job centurion no it, no he's asking me what do i want to see in the launch lineup i've See, here's the thing. I've never had any real problem with the games that Xbox has been releasing. Everybody's been beating this drum of AAA mature oriented game. Um, you know, let's um let's look at um oh my god, Journey to the Savage Planet, for example. That's a very childlike game in appearance, but when you get to the roots of the actual gameplay, you kind of see it's not exactly meant for children when you kind of have to run around and do some of the things you do and some of the stuff they talk about. Um, so that's where I'm just like, just because a game looks colorful, doesn't exactly brand it as a child's game. What I want to see from Microsoft in the launch lineup is, um, some games that obviously that, um, have been well thought out that aren't going to be extremely buggy. Um, now, if we want to talk about my personal preferences, I love sci-fi games. I would love a mature oriented sci-fi game something i haven't seen in a while on the scale of mass effect andromeda i enjoyed mass effect andromeda but i would mm -hmm. enjoy to see something like that come out of uh one of microsoft studios there's a lot of potential from all of those studios to create great titles um but for me i just want titles that have been thought out that aren't going to release with bugs and problems because like that is one of microsoft's shortcomings i feel this gen is not the games in general it's the it's just the condition of the game when they launch mm -hmm. um i will say yep. sea of thieves was a little lackluster in content a little um, bit a little bit <laughs> yes. um i used I, I hear from rumors from the beta testers there used to be fishes and dolphins and all sorts of stuff in the water that would look cool um but um 
anyways, we saw the condition of Sea of Thieves, especially when it came to how the PC gamers were completely hacking that game and running amok. Uh, we saw the tethering and the server issues out of State of Decay 2. We saw the, the massive flop with Crackdown 3 and the Wrecking Zone. Yes, I've been keeping a scorecard. I have been paying attention. We have seen how these games are launching in some rather lackluster conditions. Same with Gears 5. When it was being reviewed, it was great, but apparently they patched the game day one, and the patch decided to, uh, I guess, mess some things up for people that played Gears 5. It's the kind of stuff like that that Microsoft is known for that I'd really like to see them kind of get out of the way of. I would like for mm. people to be like, yes, Microsoft has turned a corner. They're putting out games that are quality. Now, mm -hmm. everybody has a preference, so I'm not going to talk about what kind of game you're looking for. It's more like, I just want to see the games function and run right and actually do, like, make people happy with the fact rather than seeing all this stuff going around about bugs and flaws and glitches. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand those sentiments, and I feel that way. Again, I I do like these games that you've listed off in one way or another. I'll I'll say another game, Recore. Oh, like yeah. I, I actually really like that game, but it was riddled with bugs and missing content that See, I didn't been get there the Recore until the definitive edition, after they had patched a lot of those problems out. And I think that's why I enjoyed ReCore immensely is uh, because I decided to play the game after it had a, a lot of extensive patching. ReCore was awesome. <laughs> I hope they come up with another iteration of that. Give me ReCore too, man. Hey, I, I want know, as, much I as, as much as I love Ori, I think I like the platforming ReCore a little bit better. Just Sorry. fix those load times with that SSD. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I just I also thought it was like because at the time, like you know, people like when you grab those jewels and you actually see the HDR and everything coming off those jewels, I think it looks awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like some the design, those, so some of those dungeon maps in Recore were so vast, like it was like there was no way you're gonna get across that, and you just you figure it out. And I think they just they're on to something there, they better come up with another one. They have to. I hope they do. I hope somebody grabs it, man. Now, that's a, another question for a day. I won't ask because wasn't Shannon Loftus involved with Recore? Yeah, uh, pretty yeah sure. she was. Uh, don't get me started on see, Disneyland Adventures. And oh my god! <laughs> I, see now, I have to say, I I have physical copies of Zoo Tycoon and uh, Dis uh, not Disneyland. Um, what the hell's the other one? Super Lucky's Tale. And it got quiet. Cool. Now you're like, yeah, you're just cool. like, oh my. So that's what I'm I, I actually, at the time, you know, they were games that actually intrigued me and my wife because we're into goofy games like that. Don't ask me why. So, um, and you were into this, physical more than digital with that. Is that reason? Because that well, kind of goes time, back to what we were talking at the, at the time. You couldn't buy at the time, Game Pass wasn't really around or a thing with Zoo Tycoon and Super Lucky's Tale came out before Game Pass, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I know last uh, podcast we spoke about uh, how the three four three four three team is in a make or break. Um, you know when they make Halo, this is it for them. You know if they do a good mm -hmm. job, uh, you know this the series is gonna get revived and be successful again um, in in a different way. Now I'm not talking about sheer numbers, but 
again, this is a make or break year for Phil Spencer, you know, for, and it's been what? longer than that. Yes, it is. Because, you know, for three or four years, Xbox fans were laughed at in terms of uh, the content that was coming out of Xbox camp and what Sony was dealing in order for uh, Xbox to, um, you know, stem the tide as far as getting some of these games that are going to make gamers gravitate towards their console and their platform more so uh, they need some quality titles. And again, I think Phil Spencer is under a lot of heat as far as that goes. He needs to deliver for fans and he needs to show these games. He has no choice. You know, he's under a microscope just like, uh, you know, just like some of these other companies are, but even more so with Phil, you know, People want to see these games. And if he delivers like he did with, I mean, I'm sorry, if he under delivers like he did with those games that you guys spoke about, it's going to be another long couple years. You know, wouldn't you agree? Mm, something like that. Now, did you guys like the Xbox One's launch lineup? It was better than uh, the PS4. So that was easy. Yeah. yeah so I, we, I'm right there. So I really enjoyed the launch lineup for xbox one yes i did mm -hmm. yep you see so did i because they when they first showed us all these trailers for these games granted some of them didn't hit exactly at launch but when i saw games like killer instinct get revived i was like whoa that's uh that's pretty awesome even though it was kind of bare bones we did see it grow it was very successful this gen when i saw what was originally a connect game get turned into like an action adventure game with rise and with this beautiful roman game i was like wow this is this is pretty fantastic made by crytech dead rising 3 was a really good third party buy that was um, awesome you know yeah. i mean it was a launch you're talking about a launch title and forza 5 looked beautiful at mm -hmm. the time then uh, titanfall was, was supposed to come out in march like months after so yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. titanfall was i mean I, I still consider titanfall a launch title but then you had uh you know you had japanese games in there which you know for a while there phil spencer didn't have any yeah dark do some, game don't die that came yeah out, that was a great game that was a hardcore game uh you had panzer the uh, the i'm sorry crimson, crimson dragon, dragon. <laughs> but you had uh, crimson mm -hmm. dragon and that in itself you know getting that game i know it wasn't phil but um, that was important to the Xbox brand, and Xbox got into got off to a good start. It looks like it was going to be close, and then all of a sudden, you know, things went downhill from there. Oh, it was close uh, from day one. They were getting outsold two to one. Well, it was two to one. It wasn't. Um, it they wasn't day one. Price. Oh yeah, yeah they were day one. The PlayStation was destroying them. i know it was they were cheaper. getting crushed in price the media was convincing people mm. that you were going to be watched uh changing your clothes there there was a lot of roadblocks uh put in front of the xbox one well it didn't help that the more the least powerful console costs more than you know the ps4 which was obviously you know mm -hmm. But that, was because, that just, was because of the connect that was inside the box. It, it mm -hmm. didn't have to yeah. do with the greed of Microsoft. <laughs> there were older mothers I worked with that were like, oh, yeah, that console doesn't do uh, 1080p. Yeah. <laughs> like they were saying that. But 
I Even mean, though a it, lot of most most of the games on both consoles didn't do 1080p, Battlefield 4 didn't do 1080p on either. You know, but it ha- to me it had the game like all the titles that you just spoke about: Dead Rising 3, Crimson Dragon. Uh, you know, even though Call of Duty Co- Ghost was probably the worst one, but uh, mm. how amazing Assassin's Creed Black Flag was. And I know these are third party, but, uh, you know, then you got into the first party, which you guys spoke about Killer Instinct. Um, you know, uh, you know, so, Rise was the biggest one, but go ahead. I was just going to say, I didn't buy into the Xbox One until a year after it had launched. Um, so I wasn't buying neither the PS4 or the Xbox One day one. And I only had enough for one console. And I took a look at both libraries and I could see, at least at that time, that Microsoft's library was larger and also had a more variety of games that I was looking for. And mm-hmm. that was definitely what swayed my purchase. Uh, the big thing was as soon as they got that that connect out of the box and it had nothing to do with it being a camera. It was just an accessory I was not interested in. Um, right. Kinda, it was kind of forced upon everyone. Yeah. And it was just like, like, yeah, it's just one of those things where I, I didn't want it, but I was glad that they got it out of the box by the time I could afford a console. Um but definitely, um, I didn't buy a PS4 until like a year after that. But definitely, I, I, that's why I'm saying I actually totally remember uh, back in those days when Microsoft's library was a total 180 from what it is now. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Phil's doing a hell of a job. This is all we're talking about. All this stuff is make or break year for him. I mean, he's you know he's all these new studios. Um, he's he's completely turned around. Um. You know that everything that you know people, I guess, disliked about Xbox. I mean, he's going after. You know, we got yeah, and that remains to be seen. I mean, he we still don't have quality first party games. I mean, I'm mean, as far as Sony goes. Yeah, I mean, but that's not really on him as of right now. I mean, that's no, it is on him right. It is right now on him right now because now. he had he had five years to fix it. But not really. I mean, he he was like literally the <laughs> third dude. I feel and like he, I don't have to say this to you, but you know these games take time to develop. It just takes the ship is going in direction. You gotta turn it around, and he's turned it around. I mean, he's turned it around. You got Japanese games that we got all these games that are, you know, that people say we're never gonna come to Xbox. We just we're talking about this. They're now on Xbox. I mean, like why weren't these studios odd, here a decade ago? Why are they? Why did he have to put them in place? That make like that's that's the problem. Like when they're talking about like PS3 turned it around. Yeah, they had studios built in place, developing those games to turn out during that you know whole three years where they were doing bad. They already had those quality games, uh, Uncharted and Last of Us, being built when they were getting you know kind of destroyed in those first couple of years with the PS3. He didn't have those studios to go to go and do that. He had like the coalition, which was a brand new. Well, studio. yeah, he had a handful, not even and three four three that was still very young. They, I uh, I love. I don't think it's big them, the you keep saying it, but I don't think it. I mean, like I said, I've never played a Halo, a bad Halo game. So I mean, it's just you know, play the multiplayer, play the campaign. Some people liked it, some people didn't. You know, and. uh um, I do think they should have um, fleshed out the story with Locke a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to play that soon, too, by the way, with uh, K-Mega and uh, Don. But um, 
I don't know. I, I just get so confused. I mean, there's so many great things about Halo 5, and I think people are just focusing on just the one thing. I mean, which is the campaign I hear the most of. Uh, but it's just to each their own. Either you like it or you don't. And uh, I don't know. It's it's good game in my book. Here's the thing. We're going to replace know. Phil with somebody else, and then they'll come in and then deliver games with these new studios. We're like, wow, that person did an amazing job. With the studio and the infrastructure that Bill set up, put in place that he put in place. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, Megatron guys, I want to add on to this topic because Xbox Twitter had tweeted out something well, very interesting, and it was hinting at what well we're all led to believe is the Fable franchise. Now, this is what uh, the Xbox Twitter said. When your custom character shows up in a cutscene, and then below it lists four figures with one having a chicken head. Now, what is a chicken usually synonymous with and associated with with Xbox games? I couldn't That's figure. usually kind of hinting at Fable. Now, guys, do you think that we're going to be seeing some kind of a, a new Fable game finally come out of the shadows soon? I didn't think Fable when I saw that <laughs> tweet. And I mean, eventually after people started posting about their, what they were guessing it would be, you know, but I didn't think Fable. I didn't think anything. I just was trying to figure it out, man. I don't <laughs> so when you asked me the question of what games I'd like to be revealed, I did not automatically go to Fable purely because I'm tired of getting my heartstrings pulled and you know, every I mean, there has been so many fable leaks and so many supposed fable reveal dates that at this mm-hmm. point when when it's kind of like when you cry wolf, you fable has been cried way too many times. I will be floored the day that it actually gets revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has been mm-hmm. a lot of different chatter over the past couple of years about fable. Um there's been a lot of chatter obviously about playground games doing it i mean i think that it makes a lot of sense that playground would be the team behind it but i do i mean i personally think that we are going to see fable finally get shown off because xbox is going to be having this big unveiling event for all the xbox studios games coming up are we gonna do like i'm not trying to interrupt but are we i remember last uh, E3, we were going to be, I was actually hoping Fable be revealed, and now it feels like we're going to just do this all over again for this E3 and hoping Fable gets revealed. Is that, like, <laughs> is that wrong for feeling that way? No. 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 But at the same time, though, if they're going to be revealing next gen, I do think it makes sense that they have a strong RPG from their first party showing off, and Fable does make a lot of sense. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of <laughs> they need to show these games because it, Megatron rewind and I know you, you know you, I don't know just rewind to last E3 okay. you know and how Sony didn't even show up and they said you know why Xbox didn't either even though they're at E3 it's just it's just a laughing joke all the time like, I don't feel that way even though I yeah. want there to be a fable and I've been like oh don't pull on my heartstrings I also don't feel Xbox like got Xbox got killed proper. on Twitter during last year's E3 they had Sony didn't even show up and didn't even need to show up because Xbox didn't show up that's because everybody was expecting right like, like a 14 or a 15 when they should have kept their expectations at like a like a seven or an eight right so mm-hmm. 
I think they need to show they need to show these games to see what they got, you know, just to see to get fans excited. Well, let's just see. That's all we can do. I mean, they're talking about transparency now more and more. You see Phil tweeting it out. So mm. maybe we'll see it in May. Maybe we'll see it in June. So I Yeah, I think someone was saying May 5th was a rumor, but that'd be that cool. Be a possibility. But yeah. I, I think they're definitely gonna show the games like if they're able to show Hellblade 2 that early in development, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have quite a bit of firepower to announce here in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think it was Rand who brought that up. I think I remember watching his videos a few days ago, and uh, he suggested that, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, does anyone else have any uh, anything to add to this topic, or can we move on? We shall move on. Let's go. All right. I, I like it. I like it. And uh, next, I want to bring up well a bit of news regarding a certain composer. Uh, Mick Gordon, I'm pretty sure everybody here knows who he is he's done the music for killer instinct wolfenstein and two of the recent doom games oh and killer instinct as well however it looks like there's a bit of a feud going on between mick and bethesda the doom eternal well recently released and uh fans were they were noticing discrepancies in the tracks for the doom eternal soundtrack now according to mick he only mixed a handful of the tracks and in other posts across social media, he stated that he doubts he'll ever work with Bethesda again. Now, Jeremy, I'm going to go over to you for this one because we're both obviously massive gaming soundtrack fans here. What would it be like for a franchise like Doom to lose an artist like Mick on board? Uh, not that he's not talented, but, you know, he's, you can, he's replaceable. You know, somebody like, somebody like Gareth is not replaceable. You can't replace Gareth. Uh, some of these other composers like Jeremy Soleil, who does uh, Bethesda, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, he does the Skyrim soundtrack, he does Fallout. He's considered, uh, you know, one of the best. Same thing for Tommy Tallarico, you know, he during his time. Um, mix replaceable, and you can you can find you can find somebody to easily replace them as far as um, some of these some of these games go. So. Nowadays, there's so there's so much talent out there, you know, and people don't want to games game companies don't want to pay those salaries anymore. So soundtracks kind of get left behind in terms of that's an that's an afterthought now. now but back in the days, it used to be where um, people used to spend a lot of money uh, on the soundtrack alone. So I don't know. It's just I think. Um, you know, are they going to miss them? I know you like the soundtrack for sure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just it just depends on people's preference. You wouldn't have thought Martin O'Donnell was replaceable, but he was replaced. Yeah, I don't think he's replaceable. You, even though, even <laughs> though I said think, get up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> even though I think, um, you know, Destiny Two has a great soundtrack. Um, I don't I don't know who does it now, but. Um, I can't believe yes. what they what Activision did to him though. Oof. And Bungie. Ooh, that was rough with uh, the original Destiny soundtrack. Yeah. But as far the mixing goes, he you know, usually the person that does the soundtrack has very little to do with the mixing and um 
some of the level implementation in it. You know, that's up to whoever edits or, um, you know, mixes the entire thing, the entire process. But, but for example, um, Gareth was very heavy in his um, his mixing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Gareth, Gareth was an absolute master with the soundtrack. I mean, he's, I mean, we, obviously we've chatted with Gareth, uh, well, just over a year ago, and very insightful fella, very smart, and just, he made a beautiful score with Will the Wisps, obviously. But even with, uh, I mean, I mean, you say that Mick Gordon can be replaced, but to me, he's just synonymous. I know we're going to talk about personal preferences here, but the guy is a master. You look at the work that he did on Killer Instinct, and Mick had they transitioned over another artist. I believe it was Atlas Plug into the Killer Instinct season three, and a lot of people noticed just that the quality of the work, just the difference in it, and it just his personality definitely lended to the game and it just wasn't the same after Mick left. So I, I, I just, I think that there's a certain attachment to certain artists on these soundtracks. Yeah. A lot of these games, um, there's certain attachments for sure. So at the top of my head, what, you know, obviously you have Ori in the blind forest. You had, uh, Halo, the original Halo with Marty. Um, you know, people were really angry when, you know, Bethesda, I'm sorry, Bethesda, Jesus. Um, when uh, they decided to up and leave, you know, some of these other companies and people. Mm -hmm. So no. really quick, what's the soundtrack for for um, Doom? Is it just metal? What type of, I, don't, I mean, I don't remember. I have Doom, the first one. Um, Here it's like heavy that. metal. Like Okay. Yeah, it's like 95, 96% heavy metal with mm -hmm. some... Uh, some soft tracks in between <laughs> but it just it the rhythm is so good um it just it really blends well and i i can't i mean maybe somebody else could take over but to me it's just it's not the same when they rebooted doom and you got like all these heavy metal chords and oh it is just it is beautiful i mean it's not just a a random mix of sounds it, it just sounds so good good and it just blends so well with the action going on it just it, it is a symphony i would say of metal and blood and guts so just very enjoyable to say the least <laughs> uh i'm sure he'll be missed if he decides to take his talents elsewhere so but uh mm -hmm. definitely but uh, you know what, guys, I'm going to transition over to another topic. And uh, you know what, guys, Minecraft Dungeons is coming out next month. And we're hearing more info about a drop. Now, according to the game's FAQ page, there will not be any online matchmaking featured in it. Now, you can still invite friends to it to play it, but you are not allowed just to play with uh, randoms to join in. Now, I'm going to pass this over to you, Megatron. Uh, is having no online matchmaking limiting the growth of the game? Growth? I don't know. I mean, Minecraft itself as a franchise is doing so well already. I think people are going to attach to that uh, automatically. Um, as far as the, you know, the matchmaking, um, I guess it just depends on the type of... Uh, 
game Dungeons, I mean, Minecraft Dungeons is going to be like, you know, what it entails. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing it's going to be similar to like a Diablo. I mean, yeah, it's a dungeon crawler. Pretty much, uh-huh. it's uh, following that kind of a uh, gameplay style. You can invite. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's got four person co op in it, uh, but it's just it's mostly just for people that you know. There's you can't uh, just have anybody join in. I honestly don't see it being a bad thing. I mean, you can invite your friends as long as you can play it single player or what have you. No problem in my book, to be honest. I mean, I don't know what everybody else thinks. I'm fine with it either way. Mm-hmm. Oh. But now, I mean, you can oh, still go ahead, play Charlie. with your friends, right? You were saying, yeah. Oh, okay, so it's like it's like Destiny, kind of like Destiny when you did raids. You had to. There's no matchmaking. You had to group up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, similar to that. But I mean, if it was just you. You know, and let's say you don't have enough friends for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would like at least the option to uh, just play with some randoms. That would be a pretty nice feature to have, especially at launch. I mean, Microsoft is known for its online play, and it does have all these Azure servers and whatnot. It would be nice for them to take advantage of a host of these features that uh, they do have at their disposal. I do think it's uh, coming later, or maybe. Yeah, I do think it's going to come later. Um, So there's that. I mean, a lot of these things don't get implemented just due to um, either budget or uh, tech constraints. I know it sounds funny, but uh, what company is making the Minecraft dungeons? I don't remember. Mojang still. Yeah, it's uh, actual Mojang as far as I know. Um, I mean, Hex G-Fighter. When it came out for uh, PlayStation, the online play didn't come out until, I think, months later, if I'm not mistaken, right? You couldn't even... uh... Yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't even implemented at the time of the launch. Welcome to the new norm. But, I mean, I'm still looking forward to playing the game, so I already got my crew lined up. So uh... Minecraft's going to sell regard. I think this game's going to be big. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just one of these... um, titles diablo these the rpg elements in diablo are very popular uh, just with the play mechanics and stuff like that but uh, i think the game is still going to be a hit mm-hmm. i agree i mean anything with the minecraft uh, tag to it i think is going to sell like hotcakes personally but i mean it does live in, i mean they are I'm assuming just trying trying to protect uh, younger audiences too, you know, so that they're not matched up with uh, randoms, you know, uh, you know, spouting different things and swearing and whatnot. Because I mean, Minecraft does skew very young, correct? So I, I didn't get into Minecraft, you know, until late in the game. I mean, right now my kids were playing, uh, you know, this weekend, um, and. You know, I was kind of feeding off their enthusiasm and just, you know, watching my daughter just kind of build and the other one in the background trying to tell her what to do. They love, they enjoy it. I don't really see the appeal for myself, but um, because they're enjoying it, I'm enjoying it. So, you know, Minecraft for me was um, Dungeons now, which is definitely going to pull me in. And um, the uh, Telltale series, Minecraft, which was pretty damn good. If you ever guys ever played that, if you're into that sort of thing. You know, those there that's where I am with uh, <laughs> uh Minecraft as far as uh that goes, that world. <clears throat> but I'm looking forward to dungeons. It's gonna be good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should get some uh, co-op going, some uh, TXR co-op for that. What's four player, right? It's up to four players, I think. Uh, for when I read, four players. Yeah, well, co-op. we can have oh, a couple yeah. of games going. Yeah, we should. We should definitely. <clears throat> I tried to get invited to the beta, and I'm still waiting. Hmm. Well, oh, I didn't realize that the beta was on. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, but it, it does look like fun. Um, like I'm not a Minecraft person myself, but something like this, where you're like crawling through dungeons and uh, doing all that, like all the stuff that you would associate with a dungeon crawler, it does definitely pique my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys, since we're on the topic of Minecraft, have any of you on the panel seen the screens or videos of the ray tracing enabled for Minecraft? Just the regular Minecraft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We remember I brought it. We, up. He showed yeah. it. Yeah. Because it looks gorgeous. Like yep, absolutely. You're if you remember the um, the interview with Paris, I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to, you know, I'm check out the Minecraft ray tracing, and at the time it was still, um, you know, still unknown. One of these unknowns where people really didn't get a chance to see it. But as you can see, it's a totally different experience uh, with it on. But the counter uh, Megatron's uh, saying, you know, he doesn't really steal the appeal. There's a reason why it's one of the greatest selling games of all time, because, I mean, it's, you know, for a simplistic game, there's a lot of depth to Minecraft, uh, mm-hmm. underlining depth to it. And I think it appeals to everybody, not just kids, you know, but, you know, it's it's a game that parents could play with their kids and and vice versa. And uh, there's some pros out there that make some crazy stuff. I don't know if you've ever seen. Well, I've seen some, some of the streamers that were doing it. Most definitely, but just for me per se, it's just yeah, it's just not my thing. Um, no, but but now it's starting to grow on me. It's starting to grow on me more and more. Like I said, my kids and seeing how enthousiastic enthusiastic they are, then showing me. I'm watching my daughter dig this hole. I'm like, how are you going to get out of it? And she's like, the ladder's right here. You just click on this ladder, and you just. Click climb up and then she's got wings and i'm watching them make their own worlds and these castles and just uh yeah it's starting to grow on me so it's funny the very first the very first time i played minecraft um i never forget about that you never forget about that first night to where you know it gets dark and the monsters come out and some shit happens you end up digging yourself in a hole you know trying to survive the night (laughs) You know, it's just one, some of those experiences that um, are special in Minecraft that you can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like again, I'm not a Minecraft player per se, but just when I see the uh, the ray tracing turn <laughs> on and off, it is night and day difference. I couldn't believe the the textures and the realistic lighting and just how. I mean, it, to someone who wasn't playing it before, it makes me want to play it now. That's how good it looks. I see Jeremy digging himself a hole in real life and trying to get out of his monster. I'm digging myself a hole in this podcast right now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm so distracted right now. I got people texting me. and I'm, I don't know. Let me call you now to add to it. No. <laughs> Drop some more coffee. <laughs> yeah, he's getting distracted by his gorgeous controller collection. Uh, 
But uh, all right, fellas. All right, we'll move on from uh, Minecraft. Then we'll uh, go on to another topic. Uh, Final Fantasy, uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake is doing exceptionally well. It's breaking. Oh, what's this, what's the stats? It was breaking uh, 3.5 million copies sold and shipped in only three days, according to Square Enix. So pretty good numbers there, to say the least, fellas. Now, Shock, as we were talking about before, I know you're really you've been really into Final Fantasy recently. Uh, what do you think of the remake so far? Yeah, I think they did a really good job uh, kind of adapting the combat. I think they've taken the kind of the menu system from Final Fantasy XII, the stagger system that a lot of RPGs do now that was in 13, and some of the more combat if you played, I guess, 15. Um, but it's it's the combat is really good, and it makes you, it definitely pressures you early on to not just stay on one character, but there's a, a balance and flow that you have to switch to one of your other characters. You know, once you've done your special attacks with one, you know, flow to another to really kind of, you know, dominate the uh, the bosses or the enemies. Uh, but it's really, really cool. All right. All right. Very nice. Uh, now, how how far, I can, I know you said a time, but how far are you into it right now? Um, I'm on the last, I'm like halfway, I think I'm almost finished with the last chapter or it's the second to last chapter. So I'm pretty close to the very end where you're about to leave, I guess, Midgar. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, all right. So with the updates that were given to the game, do you think that they, they should have left the combat as it was like back in the old game? Or do you really approve of the updates that they made to the combat? Yeah, they definitely made the right decision. It would have been a complete waste of time to just do, hey, there's an updated version of a just turn-based. It would be yeah, so that's boring. A, that's a great point, Sean. And you can play it like that anyway. It gives you a classic mode where you can kind of sit there and do that. Plus, mm -hmm. if you're actually just doing the regular version of the game, um, you can kind of use that menu system that was in like Final Fantasy XII when you hit the X button. It freezes, like slows the game down to a super slow-mo, basically. So you can pick, oh, okay, let me switch to this character, have him heal or do this ability. So you can kind of sit there and strategize if you want to really slow down the game like that. You have that option. Or you can just shortcut some of the moves and play it like more of a hack and slash like, or you can totally mix both. So it, it really gives you the option of however you want to play. You kind of do whatever you want. All right. All right. Very interesting. Uh, does anybody else on the panel have Final Fantasy VII? I'm holding out for Xbox because I only have a uh, Xbox for now. But, um, uh, I have it, but I haven't played it yet. So I've been I've been busy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a that's a reason now that works I, yeah <laughs> like the last three days I had you. a bunch of school work and just like ugh. on I top of work on top of work yeah mm -hmm. definitely now this is a huge grab for playstation obviously having an exclusive well a timed exclusive like uh, final fantasy 7 uh it's a gigantically well-known older title do you think xbox should do a similar kind of an exclusive exclusivity deal for one of these classic games oh yeah absolutely 
I mean, even PC is getting uh, timed exclusives with Gear uh, Gears Tactics. No, <laughs> oh, <stop it. laughs> and Xbox gets left behind like always. But um, no, yeah, absolutely. They need they need to snatch these up. It's I mean, you see the business model uh, being pushed around everywhere. You know, um, Epic has done it a few times, uh, and they're in the process of doing some more. Um, you know, and Sony is just notorious of, at doing it. Xbox at one time did it with the Tomb Raider franchise and uh, a couple other games. But yeah, but with the Tomb Raider franchise, they were the ones that brought back the IP, so they helped pay for the development of that game, right? Am I, so that I think that would be the only way they would do that. Um, I think they should be more satisfied if they it both came out on both both consoles at the same time. I don't I don't see them doing it, and I think they know that Final Fantasy VII's coming, so. <clears throat> yeah, but it's, it's it's still huge for Sony for snatching it up, mm-hmm. um, being a time timed exclusive, and again, it's just another reason to own a, a PlayStation. You know, if you don't have one, if you're the one out of the hundred hundred million people that doesn't have one yet, but um, I feel like know. it's a complete waste of time for them to do it, um, at least from a gamer's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Like I hear a lot of Sony fans are like, "Well, they're." They're catering to to me as a gamer. I'm like, no, they're not. They, not that game was coming to you regardless. Square was not doing. Hey, we're gonna not. We're gonna be do an exclusive Final Fantasy VII game to Xbox. They're not doing that. So if anything, all they did was took away a game from Xbox and PC gamers, something that wouldn't affect you anyway. So they wow. give you shit. <laughs> um, but. I mean, it's just uh, I mean, like it, you saw it, with Crystal Dynamics. It does affect, if you think People about were it, it, does. They didn't like yeah. it. They were like, I mean, oh, affect- hey, I'll buy an Xbox now. No, they didn't buy it. <laughs> they just, like, screw it, I'll play Uncharted. It comes out in a couple months. Like, no one, it just bombed. Well, part of that was because it went with up against uh, Fallout 4, but still, like, it didn't earn them. Everybody was pissed about it. Like, you saw it in the media, um, people on, like, Twitter, social media. They were just angry at them for doing it because all they were doing was taking away a game. They weren't investing in a new game. They weren't bringing, they weren't, they didn't create something like here's what we made for you. They just took it's, it away from you. It's funny how it's okay to, for Sony to do it, but not Xbox. I wanted it's to not, point that out. Don't here. you think it hurts them though? I think it just hurts it the company. It does hurt them. No, no. no, I'm not talking about Xbox. I'm talking about a company that's selling a product. You know, no. you just hurt yourself. No, you they're know? making money off it. Yeah, no, but how much the Xbox yeah, maybe DLC or something like that per se, but have you only just you sell to you know certain you know brand and that's oh that's you God. just lose out on have money. Have you ever figured out why people do it in the first place, Megatron? No, I'll no, answer your question, no, buddy. No, I'm not gonna figure it out. I totally understand why Sony or Microsoft would do it just from a gamer's perspective. When they do that, it's like it didn't give me anything. It just kept me kept somebody else from playing it that right. didn't give me anything. Like it doesn't do anything. But not it does for, something for Sony. <laughs> I wanted to point out when it not, not for a Sony that. gamer. It does absolutely nothing for a Sony gamer. Right. Since that was a PlayStation fan, what did it do for them? They didn't get any extra content or anything. They just got to know that hey, people that have an Xbox and PC can't play it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a multiplayer game that they just money had it like oh, okay these people can't play it but we're not your they didn't give you anything they could have took that same whatever money bag they gave square and created something yeah exactly <laughs> that's not true 
Shockley. They gave them a uh, emotional experience again with Aries dying. No, I'm just kidding. Emotional? What? <laughs> Actually, well, yeah, you might be. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. I haven't got to that, so I don't. I don't know. I've just heard stuff. Yeah. Well, we've heard Phil's uh, comments before about uh, timed content, timed exclusivity. He doesn't seem to like that. Doesn't want to carry it forward. But let's say they were to get a full exclusive, like let's say what they did with Dead Rising Three, for example. I mean, that that ended up being a very good grab from them early on this generation, and kudos for them to picking it up. Very strong title there. But if they were, let's say, to, well, I don't know, get another, let's say a Capcom title, let's say Resident Evil, I'm just going to put a title out there, Resident Evil 4, for example, would that be a good get for them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think the only way it's really going to be good for them is if they just go, which they're probably not going to do, but to go back to where everything's just exclusive, you have to buy and Xbox, because that, that's what people are going to do. If Final Fantasy VII was exclusive, timed exclusive to the Xbox, you know, the PlayStation gamers would probably just, you know, either buy it on PC um, or what they could do, they could still do the PC and Xbox thing, but make no, it so think- that, hey, you have to get it on, you have to subscribe to Game Pass to play it or something. Like it gets you in that subscription. If you're willing to, if you're going to shell out that money, you might as well get it into your service. Am I the only one with the, as far as the Resident Evil remakes go, the only one wants Code Veronica over Resident Evil 4? Am I the only one? I think everybody, that, that's a cold take on Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I mean, I want mine. both, but I still I, have mine for GameCube. the one that needs it. So yep. I'm, not, I'm not as huge on the Resident Evil games as a lot of other people. Uh, even though, I mean, I admire the series, but uh, if I'm asked, what's the... Uh, big difference between the two well as far as the uh, control standpoint i mean it's resident evil 4 it's uh, it's a different experience it's much more accessible modern yeah yeah it's it's much more modern the controls are a little bit more it's not so rigid and and uh uh, two-dimensional um the resident evil 4 brought new gameplay elements to it to, to the series uh, it it revolutionized the series in many in many ways, which gave the which now is the new blueprint of all the Resident Evil series uh, games. Um, it, and overall, it was just a great experience going from. Um, and it was a different experience from a story standpoint. Uh, it, it touched on the cult. Uh, I forgot exactly the story. Jeez, I was just. Um, made reference to the call as well as uh, what Umbrella Corporation did and how everything intertwined and um, yeah. No, well, right. remastering everything, so you might get your wish, right? <clears throat> Unless there's something we don't know about that's keeping them from doing it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I remember when they started making, uh, remastering the Resident Evil series on the GameCube. If you guys remember that bit. Yeah, I do vaguely remember. Yeah, so we got the uh, essentially the game GameCube versions um, when they released uh, Zero and uh, Part One. So that's essentially the GameCube game or GameCube games, I should say. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. All right. Definitely. Now, guys, I'm going to move on to what will probably be our last topic of the evening. And there's been, you know, we had talked about different teases for games from Phil earlier, but there's also been a slew of other Xbox news making the rounds, logos, Xbox Lockhart being uh, in take home testing, and other stuff. Oh my. Now, Jess Corden over at Windows Central dropped an article recently. And in it were some, well, interesting tidbits, to say the least, that Xbox employees are doing take-home testing of the Xbox Lockhart console. Supposedly, it's a it's a thing. Uh, there's been different stuff about it going back for the past couple of years now. But supposedly, it's going to get unveiled really soon. It's an actual thing now. Now, is it a good move to announce another console so soon after the reveal of the Xbox Series X a couple of months ago? That's why I was confused on why exactly they would make a uh, Lockhart. But I mean, if they're going to do it where um, it's Series S as opposed to Series X and it makes sense to build the system the same, then I could see that. You know, it's just, it's just but at the same time, Part of me thinks that maybe this is a bad deal for the consumer where, um, you know, the, the and I'm going to refer back to people are going to get confused. You know, I know you guys have, have the have the saying that, oh, now phones are released in such a manner, in such a way where, you know, you have updates. But when it comes to consoles, people are it's a different it's a different experience when you go out and purchase a console. So maybe I'm the only one. But I mean. You think people are going to get confused? I think people are going to get confused. Over I mean, the they did didn't so they already did this when they launched the uh, announced the Xbox One X, right? And then the S that was all announced the same day, was it not? Well, I mean, no, it's the the Xbox One S came out a lot sooner than than uh, the X did. Mm-hmm. I think what Jeremy's suggesting here is that this would be a scenario where two consoles potentially would be announced and possibly coming out around the same time period. Yeah. So, uh, like, I don't think it would be that big of a deal personally. I mean, a lot of us are already in the know. Like, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, like, I would hope that they would have their labeling game on point with the boxes. Hopefully, like, they're different sizes as well, just to, like, make a, a point in difference. Because, I mean, it is possible to get confused, especially if, like, you know, somebody's, like, some kid's mom's going out. Oh, hey, can I get, uh, you know, which console is it? I mean, there could be some confusion. But at the same time, you know, a lot that's, of people. I mean, that's how it is. To all the consumers out there, it's the majority I mean, of people are, are just, but most of the time the when majority. I go shopping and and there's an A and there's a B and there's a price difference. You have a description there on a little label, and then if there's still some confusion, you ask the salesperson, and that's it. Well, when it Where's when the it confusion? Comes, when it comes to consoles, it's a lot different. To because how can I put it? I what? Go ahead. No, I just don't see it. I just I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I think they're going to be stark differences. They'll probably be like what people are thinking. It's going to be like probably white or something. Well, the rumors like are true. Four teraflops versus. Well, you, do you remember seeing that? I don't. I think it was maybe a fan made. Um, but if they did something like that, where that you saw those labels of that uh, graphic mm-hmm. of the series, uh, the Lockhart and the 
and the uh, Series X, it kind of told you this one does 4K, this, and then the other one tells you like it doesn't like do 4K. It does I like, think both are going to do 4K. I just think one's going to just perform better. Or like it said, it didn't doesn't play like uh, Blu-rays. Like it has had like three distinct mm-hmm. markers of like here's what this does. Here's the three differences, major differences to get. That's what you need to know. And so that way you can make a decision. You're not having to like read the box in like small fine print of like what's the difference. It was three like distinct markers. Um mm-hmm. the box. I don't know if that's real or if that was some probably just I think it was just fan made, but I've seen a few different graphics come up where somebody did one with the the Series X tower, you know, the black tower, and then there was a smaller one. And it was they labeled the Lockhart the Xbox Series S, I believe, and it was much more compact and it was a white console. Now, I think something like that, where you have the differences pronounced like that is a very smart move. If they were to launch them around the same time, that would make a nice contrast personally. What's everybody thinking in the chat, too, by the way? You think there's some type of confusion? You think uh, if mom and dad or grandpa or grandma went to the store? People can't figure out the differences. I, I just, I blows my mind that someone can't just read and tell just with the price and everything. You know, it's just, I don't know, beyond me. I just, <laughs> I mean, people figure it out with Apple iPhones with their terrible yeah. naming, and there's a way more choices to confuse you. Mm-hmm. Well, each year, then that's the thing too, right? Different phone companies, for example, these phones are a heck of a lot more expensive than these consoles, and they get released yearly. And they're either, you know, iPhone X or iPhone 10 or you know, Samsung Galaxy, whatever, right? Like they have all kinds of different names attached to them. They come out yearly, but people seem to know what they are, so it's not gonna. It's not usually a big deal. Um, but it is interesting, guys, that you know we're hearing about take-home testing now. Back in December, Phil Spencer mentioned take-home testing for what was then Project Scarlet, now known as the Xbox Series X, that the console was officially unveiled a few weeks later. Now, should we expect an unveiling for the Lockhart if, uh, you know, some kind of an event relatively soon then? Uh, it's possible. I mean, maybe we're talking about uh, in May, um, it could be a flip-flop between the Series X or Series S. So maybe they'll decide to unveil uh, what the games look like exactly on the S or maybe in June for the um, for the X. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, I mean, obviously, we're just playing a guessing game here, guys, but I mean, a lot of people are labeling it the the Series X. Do you think that Xbox will go for something like that, something very similar to the Series X, Series S, or I've seen Series E being thrown around there? Do you think they'll go with that kind of a naming scheme? Yeah, absolutely. That's what's going to happen. I think for sure Series S uh, and Series X, 100%. Yeah, and I was was looking at that... uh graphic I, I just found so on the series x on that fan i think probably fan made it says up to 8k for the x does 4k has a 4k blu-ray player and does up to 120 frames per second and then you had the s model where it says no 4k no blu-ray um does up to 60 frames per second and can do up to 4k so it's like those three distinct things that's what the customer wants to know 
and you're in and out. And that's an easy decision to make. I heard rumors that, I figured. that the CPU is going to be the same. Did you guys hear that? I thought it was going to be the same. I think yeah, CPU, they're both going to be like next gen. Like I think they're both going to be uh, 65, uh, AMD right? or DNA. The reason why they're bringing the S is to to just get rid of the 30. I mean, which, you know, I won't be surprised if there's still some games that still come out that are 30 frames per second, mostly single player experiences. But I think they're trying to get rid of uh, that whole just. You know, thirty frames per second experience. That's just what I think they want to move forward from that and just make. So that let me sense. ask you guys. Let me ask you guys a question. Let's say uh, uh, these systems come out at the same time, okay? And uh, we know the Series X is probably going to be a lot harder to to get your hands on uh, theoretically than the the Series S. Um. Would you go out and buy a Series S, you know, beforehand rather than a Series X? No, I think I just uh, still wait on my pre-order for the Series X personally. Mm. That's just me. I, I would want the more. I would want the the <clears throat> the power. I, I would want the more yeah. uh, heavily touted console rather than. I mean, but then again, there's a lot that we don't know about the Lockhart. But I mean, if it is significantly like less power, or, like more of a downgrade, I would say. Then I mean, I would just wait. Personally, I would wait too, since the first round of games are going to be able to play on my X anyway. Um, so mm -hmm. I mean, the first couple of years, you know, until they really just kind of push things forward. So, but yeah, I would probably wait until the uh, most of us probably would, right? I mean, we're hardcore. Um, I think we considered that. Just wait. Um, well, if I couldn't get my hands on an X, I'd probably buy the X. That's just me. <laughs> uh, well, hey, you buy like multiple different controllers for crying out loud of the same controller. So, <laughs> so I'm not oh, surprised there. See, that's different with the with the Cyberpunk one. Because I wanted to open one and then just keep it the other one in the package. That makes Back sense. The of things, Cisno, he said, I'm pretty sure that price will make them ask questions. We were talking just a few seconds ago yeah. about uh, and I, I, that's my same thing too. I just think most consumers are you know real conscious of how they spend their money and they want to know what they they want to know what they're buying. And I think it's just it's easy to say what's this, what's this mean, what's the price, what am I getting? Um, and what if the Series S can come out even before the PlayStation Five and the Series X? Will it be more of an advantage or less than an advantage? Well, I would say the price point would have to be would be the advantage, right? Depending right. on where they try and nail right. uh, Sony. So I think maybe we might get uh, Lockhart a tad bit earlier than what we think we're gonna get. May, I mean, what if it's coming out in September? What if it's coming out October? No, you know, October. That'd be interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've never seen this before where a company would be interested in releasing two consoles to start the gen so or the next gen. So well, it, to, to be fair, I mean, the 360 uh, will launch with the pro system and the core system. It was two different systems. Mm, true. And I know when I, you know, from my experience, I know there was a lot of confusion at that time, there was tons of confusion. 
So that's why I'm that what's which leads me to believe that there's going to be confusion on this one. Jeremy was confused. Just say, but it is it is a different uh, it is a different era and a different. Mm-hmm. Like there might be some confusion amongst maybe some older demographics. Like some people do get lost. But that's what I'm saying. Nobody's, they're not like us. They're not like the hardcore where they're, you know, where they're tech savvy into the, the majority of people who in the world who just buy games are just average, you know, they don't read up on this stuff. They don't. So uh, that's what leads me to believe that. Um, there's going to be confusion on the on this stuff. Who's telling them buy these games, these consoles and games anyway? They're, they're kids or grandkids, right? So, Grandma, here, I'm going to write this down and give you a picture. Here's the price. This is what I want. You know, so yeah. little Timmy just, you know, said, hey, just in case you get lost. Why is it got to be Timmy? Why is it going to have to be little, little Timmy? Little Timmy. <laughs> 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 That's it. Like this is what we want, damn it! And uh, don't don't get it wrong, or else hide your teeth. Now, everybody in the chat, uh, are you guys specifically bent on getting a Xbox Series X, or possibly are you gonna hold up for maybe a a Lockhart? What are you, what are you, what are you guys thinking about getting? If if the Lockhart is lower priced, uh, but still can play next gen games, do you think you'll go after it? Well, I know I'm gonna get both, but. Um... I'm aiming for the X for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, from what we're to understand, uh, especially from Tim, that you know things might be you know a little, it might be a little scarce possibly with the supply line. So, yeah, and that's why I, I um, asked the question: Which one would you buy if one was available of the other? Mm-hmm. So. Well, hands down for me personally, uh, it would be the Series X. I would wait. Um, yeah, I could see myself buying both too. By the way, DX would go would be mine, and because my kids will be handling it, the uh, the other one heavily because they're they're getting yeah. um, definitely yeah. we get the uh, the, the, sure. the conversion. That much less of a loss. <clears throat> <laughs> Dreadpool in the chat, older like fifty something. Some of us are in the grandparent range. We know the difference. So yeah, I don't know, guys. There you go, Jeremy. He knows the difference because he's a he's a hardcore gamer or a, a gamer in general. But um, no, sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Sorry, Dreadpool. <laughs> but uh, now some sleuths discovered a trademark for the logo for the Series X, and it's pretty simple by design with a vertical lettering beside a. An X silhouette, uh, guys. I'm not sure if you've seen it, and if you have, are you a fan of it at all? Mm, I could care less. I it mean, looks fine to me. It's it's not that big of a deal to me. It looks great. Yeah. You know, Series X, Series S, sold. <laughs> that gets me thinking about some of the worst logos of all time. What are some of the worst gaming logos of? It's probably the the Atari Jaguar was pretty bad. Uh, what else? I have to think about that. Gaming logos? I don't. Yeah, I love the Dreamcast logo. I love that thing. That was awesome. The Sega Saturn was pretty. It was pretty bad. Even though uh, I liked it, Saturn it was pretty nice. bad. I just didn't focus on it. I mean, I just something I would never ever think about. It wouldn't stop me from buying a game console, so I wouldn't think about the logos. I don't. Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> well, I will say this: the uh, the Google Stadia. I'm not a big fan of uh, whatever. Yeah, that was logo pretty bad. Like to me, if like if you flipped it upside down and put some lines going above it, it looks like a turd. <laughs> I don't even remember what it looks like. Don't you? Google it, and you'll see what I mean. It's not a very uh, well thought out logo. The Panasonic 3DO one was pretty cool. Uh, trying to think what else. Images. Nintendo 64 was an awesome one. Super Nintendo yes. was great. Sega Ge- Sega Genesis was great. Uh, I see the studio. It's just like kind of a, like a weird looking S. Yeah. When I'm looking the at the Vita studio. was horrible. PlayStation Vita was horrible. Yeah. Huh. Careless. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the Wii logo. I know it was just Wii, but um, yeah, the Wii was pretty bad. I didn't really care for or that. Or the Wii personally. U was really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know why it was called the Wii U. Jesus, talk the, about a bad era for Nintendo. Was that like the a translation Wii. thing? I wonder, like something oh, that was yeah. lost in the translation for things, something different, uh, you know, from Japanese to English, and then it just the didn't. Wii translate U just. Well. So bond. It was probably their worst system of all time. Like, I thought the GameCube was really cool. Even like the uh, yeah, the GameCube logo, I didn't cool. mind for it. Like, I just thought it was cute to the uh, the console itself. But you remember it had the handle on it, where you just walk, you know, back and <laughs> you can walk around with it, carry with it, carry it. Had the handle on the back. Yep. Yep. Good oh time. yeah, I remember that. No, I, I like the Wii. That was great system. Um, yeah. Um, what was the Ouya symbol? I'm just trying to think. Uh, it was not really. I like that system actually. It was really good for um, uh, for emulators. I was an Ouya fan. I had the Ouya. I love that. I love that thing. The controller was god awful, but. In terms of the system, I really, I really liked it. Since we're going off topic on stuff, so did anybody happen to catch the Fortnite uh, extravaganza with Travis Scott and uh, the video he did? Like, did anybody see that? No, I caught a bit of it, but they did a job with that. I was impressed. They, they are really doing, I think, a great job with uh, Fortnite. I've never seen that done before, um, but man. Like that was, that was I was impressed. Check that out if you guys uh, get a chance. I mean, it's not heavy metal, but uh, I think they did a great job. Well, they put him in the game or something, right? Yeah, I mean, just, they did this whole like kind of intro. He just came out of nowhere and just like put on like this show. Um, I, I don't know if that was an introduction to the new season, but uh, I'm not a Fortnite player, but I think they they was it was great to see. It was different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was hearing, uh, you know, I was hearing that make the rounds, and it sounded pretty cool. I, mm-hmm. I did catch uh, a couple of clips of it, and I was like, oh, you know, that's uh, that's pretty interesting that they uh, that they include him in the game and uh, put, you know, he's putting on a, yeah, he was just putting on a bit of an act, right, from what I could tell. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that was pretty interesting. Cherry, um, did you see that? No. Cherry, no. you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. See which part. I don't know. You haven't been here for like four topics, buddy. What are you talking about? Good I job. tried. I tried talking. I thought my mic wasn't working or something. 
No, no. you're what? eating. It's all right, though. I was eating. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, by the way, have you got your food yet? Yeah, De Niro agrees. He said it was oh, pretty Oh, God, hard. yeah. That was like, God, I'm going to see what time. That was four hour topics hour. ago. Yeah, good job. An hour and a half ago. No, what are you talking about? <laughs> four topics ago. I was He's giving you shit, Centurion. Jesus. I know. Yeah. I, you... We're all talking about the logo and stuff. Like, I, I thought the logo was... To me, it's just a logo. Um, I'm not a PlayStation uh, fan that totally starts jumping up and down like a giddy little girl when I see the logo of my new console. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that. It was just the reveal of the yeah. PS5, and there was that GIF going around mm -hmm. where it was showing like everybody jumping up and down screaming for the reveal of the PS5 logo. Well, the th I guess the thing is that's that was they've they didn't show much or anything of the console yet. They only showed the, the logo. I mean, if I was to compare both the series X and the PS five logo, like they're about the same to me. Like it's just, it's just, yeah, they, they have, they're both similar in a lot of ways. So, I mean, you could say that the series X is more modernistic with the way that they're going about it, but otherwise, oh, they're both pretty simple and plain. I feel like I'm just going to give input on what downer said about being confused um i would be shocked because um senior citizens go out every single day and buy televisions and refrigerators and they're able to make uh decisions based on the information <laughs> in front of them and i really do feel that other people can have uh you know stuff put in front of them and they can make decisions um you know i i just really don't think that consumers get confused um, unless by some chance you have a vulture of a salesman and you allow yourself to be manipulated. Um, because I mean, like I, I, I work in a sales industry. I've seen guys that could sell snow to an Eskimo. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, yeah, definitely. I totally lost the direction on that. I'm just saying that people can make decisions and I don't see why there's going to be confusion if the Series S came out before the X, I mean, the yeah, the Series X, I'm going to hold out for the Series X um, just because I want that premium experience. And I know with a premium experience, there's going to be generally a premium price associated with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I totally hear you, man. Uh, like, I personally, I don't think that there'll be very much confusion. Like, I'm not too worried about that. We've gone through so many years now where there's been all kinds of different iterations of consoles, different system refreshes. They've all had little pro names attached to them or 1X and so on. There didn't seem to be a confusion. So I'm very hopeful going forward with uh, them with uh, having multiple consoles out in the wild so but we'll see in the coming weeks where that leads um you can't go wrong with either one to be honest i mean it's definitely an upgrade whether you either get the s or the x i mean 60 frames per second on the on steady on already i just i don't know i think it's a win-win you know it's just how much you want to pay and for me i'd probably get both and i probably want to love the seats i want all the bells and whistles so yeah i would get the x and the, like i said the s too so Either way, you're going to get a great experience. And if people can figure out the One X and the One S right now, I don't see how they're going to get confused, especially if you kind of go in with that thinking. The X is, oh, yeah, X just like the One X is it's the more powerful one, and the S is the lower. Shockley, are you driving again? You know it. <laughs> <laughs>
Sorry. I was picking up my wife. It's not. You're fine. It's funny. (laughs) All right, fellas. And uh, I think that just about wraps up tonight's show. And uh, we did have some pretty good talk talking about uh, some of the juicy Xbox teases and... Yes, very juicy. And you know, the the unfortunate situation between Mick Gordon and Bethesda and all the, well, The Last of Us 2 uh, well, leaks that have been popping up the past few hours. But uh, yeah, guys, always eventful in the industry. And thanks to everybody who came to watch the show live. Folks like Dreadpool, De Niro Primero. Thanks, Diego. Alex Basha, Magnetic Storm. Uh, who else do we got Midnighter. here? Yeah, Midnighter. Thank you very much, buddy. Uh, who else? Oh, yeah. Fastback uh, from NLG Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, bud. Shizno Elite. Uh, Dizzy from Iron Lords. Other Zinc. Uh, Victor Alistein. Lots of lot cool of, people. A lot of new faces. Born Distracted, if I said his name right. Oh, yeah. people in here, yeah. Well, you know, he tunes in pretty regularly. Uh, we got a lot of uh, familiar faces in here. But, yeah, some new ones definitely join us. But thank you guys very much for tuning in. We really appreciate you uh, jumping in and listening to us talk live and, you know, talk different shit and just different banter. And, guys, if you haven't done so already, then definitely share this show out. Leave a like and drop a comment after the show. Now, guys, let's get on to some intros. Shock, where can everybody find you at, pal? Yeah, on, uh, on the freeway. On the on the freeway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, you can find me at Shock Nero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox and PSN. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty good show. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, safe travels there, Shock. Uh, Megatron, you know, always great uh, hearing that smooth voice of yours. Where can everybody find you, pal? Um, hit me up on Mixer. I've been trying to do some streaming as of late, so and wah, uh, <laughs> Mixer and on on Xbox One is the same. Uh, it's Megatron One, and uh, that's my gamer tag. And then on, on Twitter, Megatron underscore one nine seven five. Yep, hit me up anytime. Yeah, you heard the man. Hit him up. Uh, definitely uh, watch his feeds uh, dropping soon. Jeremy, buddy, where can uh, everybody follow the downer for uh, all the good controller needs? When you say dropping, do you mean his viewership? Oh, my. Well, <laughs> slowly growing. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's Lone Master. Um, who 7 You can also find me on Xbox. It's Downer Space J, capital J. And that's it. Fantastic. Hope everybody got that. And last but not least on tonight's show, Centurion Pal. Uh, where can everybody find you at? Uh, they can always find me on Twitter, Xbox Live, and YouTube at Centurion1307. Uh, you can also find me doing the shop podcast on Saturday nights and right here with you fine gentlemen every Sunday night on TXR. Of course. And of course, I'm Invader. You can find me on my channel, Invader Gaming, for all kinds of guides and reviews. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Guys, have a good night, everyone. We look forward to seeing you on next week. Take it easy, fellas. Later.